Boom, and we are live. Come on in, everybody. Roger, Josh, welcome. Josh, Mike? you're back in the... Welcome back. We'll give it just a minute as, as people come in. When, once we uh, open it up, it takes a minute for uh, to, to uh, presume to let people uh, join us. So I'll give it just a minute. Uh, Roger, we can see Josh is, is in the islands. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm at home. I don't know, he's in the islands with his, uh, with his, uh, swag coach sweater. I guess it's cool down there today. Uh, I'm in my, my, my home. How about where are you, where are you located, Roger? I'm in my bunker. <laughs> hey, this is supposed to be a positive positive show. positive roger come on man start over Let's the hear bunker it. is the basement it's being all recreated down here okay <laughs> great great all right so you're busy stimulating the economy i think you said working on your deck or something right so i am rebuilding two fireplaces two decks i'm putting in a gym we actually have a gym down here but i've been using it for storage so now i gotta take all the storage out and put New gym equipment in, sauna, steam, uh, wow. new 75-inch TV. We're coming you come to your over bunker. and help me out with that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll set up all, this, all the PPE and social distancing signage that you need. I'm in the business. <laughs> yes. Make sure it's super clear. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, we've got three after. Let's, let's uh, dig in. So welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you uh, in, and uh, we've got uh, April. I see Brad's back in, Brenda, Brooks, Chip, Courtney, Deborah, Jennifer, Carrie. Yeah, uh, or the room's filling up. This is exciting. So, Mike, how I'm, do you know uh, all these people, man? You're so in the know. We're talking. They're talking. It's great. We get a lot of feedback, uh, the mailbag uh, after. So, all right, guys. So, today we've got a fascinating show. I think this is going to be uh, a, a shift for us. And uh, it's distributors helping distributors from the Swag Coach. Uh, the Swag Coach is, uh, you know, we're an organization that helps promotional products distributors to scale and, and, and grow their businesses. This show is uh, about positivity, positive energy, and getting a message out to help uh, everyone in this industry right now to, to uh, to actually take advantage and capitalize on the opportunities we've, we've got at hand. Today's topic, we're going to talk about the new, you know, the new economy we're heading into. What is the new normal? How should we be positioning ourselves for it? States are gradually reopening. It's uneven. Georgia has been open, doing, you know, is open more South Carolina. I heard yesterday, I think it was LA County just said they're going to stay closed for three more months, right? So it's really an uneven uh, reopening. Industries are different. Government is one level, restaurants, boutique shops, a lot of hospitals are furloughing people. It's very uneven. Uh, very uneven. It's hard to know where should we be positioning ourselves as promotional products distributors industry-wise, particularly to, to go after the opportunity. We've talked about PPE but uh, the, several shows, but as things begin to reopen, there will be other opportunities beyond, beyond that, obviously. We're gonna get into that. Josh and I don't have the answers, but fortunately we've got a guest today who has his crystal ball with him and he does have the answers and he's gonna share that with us in a few moments. So, uh, and I wanted to just state a disclaimer, our lawyers make us say this, but uh, we're not giving legal business or financial advice. In fact, I strongly discourage you taking any advice from a couple of knuckleheads like uh, like us, we can share knuckleheads. Knuckle. <laughs> we can bring on uh, our great, uh, renowned guest here. Uh, but uh, you know, proceed at your own risk and consult your own advisor. So look, uh, today the price these these you know obviously we've got paid coaching programs, but these Wednesday shows are free. The price of admission is your participation. Please join us and participate. So we will have some polls as we go. Um, if you uh, would like to submit a question, if you look down at the bottom of your screen, you're going to see a, there's a Q&A uh, button. Click on that and submit your questions, and we'll go through those and, and, and try to get those questions to Roger or even to, to Josh as we go. Um, 
And uh, if you want to join the call and ask a question, as long as you have a working microphone, uh, you can click the button. It looks like a hand like this, an icon like that. And you can, you can uh, raise that and we can try to bring you on the show with, uh, with a question. So um, Josh, why don't you, can you tie what, what this introduction and this, this general concept to our guests, to promotional products distributors, why do they care about the economic recovery and kind of from a macro perspective, what, is, what does this matter? Sure, well, first off, let me welcome everybody again to the show. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do in case you haven't uh, noticed is try to bring in experts from, the, from outside our industry and kind of talk about what's the playing field look like. Uh, regardless of the topic. So in the past, I know, Micah, we, we talked about the CARES Act and PPP. Mm -hmm. Now we've talked about PPE and, you know, with people from the Society for Human Resource Management and what they see in terms of the workforce. Um, today we have Roger Arnold, who is a futurist and, and an economist. And so what it means to me and what it, I think it means for us is, okay, what does the current, what does not just the, the playing field look like as economies reopen, but is this, is this a new normal and how is this going to apply to our businesses so that we can take advantage of it? So yes, things are changing, but for huge opportunities. And that's what really the purpose of this call is today. You know, we want to be able to peek into the future and consider what some of those opportunities are that we have uh, for our respective businesses. Uh, so that's kind of the spirit of this and it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a great show, Mike. This is, I can't wait. I've, I've have, uh, told Roger as we were you know, waiting to, to spin up here that I've, I've seen him speak uh, twice over the past uh, 10 years or so, and uh, they've been very memorable. So uh, I'm, I'm really particularly excited to have Roger on and, and do this show. Uh, so let's, let's talk. Who is Roger? Uh, he is, uh, Roger is, first of all, Michael needs to make sure he turns off his phone. So uh, Roger uh is, uh, he's, a, he's a futurist, he's uh, an economist, he's uh, an investment advisor. He's retired from daily business participation uh, last year uh, so that he can, I guess, focus on uh, building out saunas and uh, decks and things at his house, which sounds pretty exciting. Uh, but he, he also advises a small group of clients with him. He's got longstanding relationships. He was formerly a chief economist for ALM Advisors, uh, Pasadena, California-based money management firm and uh, specializing in money management for high net worth individuals and institutions. Uh, Roger, I've seen, like I said, I've seen him speak. He's a very sought after public speaker. He's interesting, he's irreverent. He's got a different take on things. And uh, that's why we've got him here today. I think what I've enjoyed about Roger is his ability to connect uh, economic, political, social systems uh, to everyday people so that we can actually understand this. Roger actually had a, uh, a, a, his own radio show the Roger Arnold show and was a columnist for the street. So with that, we're going to bring you on Roger. Welcome. Thank you, Mike. So Roger, well, let's start off. Let's start off with the questions. We're waiting for our, our attendees to, to submit some questions, but um, okay. maybe let's just take it at, at, a, at, a, at a high level right now. What are you seeing in terms of the economic recovery and uh, you know, what we should anticipate in terms of the shape, of this recovery, this is a V-shaped bounce back, a U-shaped long-term decline. You, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I, I see the articles. I see what people are talking about with respect to V-U-L, all these things. They're talking about terms that meant something prior to this having occurred. Okay, and I'll come back to that in a minute. But those terms really don't mean anything now. We are in an entirely new environment. That is not simply because of this pandemic. This was a very light pandemic, by the way. All right. In pandemic terms, this was almost a non-event. This is going to be looked back upon as something similar to the flu. We will come up with a vaccine or several different types of vaccines, and this will be behind us at some point in the future. But for right now, the damage that's being done to the economy, the change to the way the new economy globally is going to operate is not because of the pandemic. It's not because of the COVID. It's not because of the way it affects people. It's because of the psychological damage that has been done to people as a result of the political system, really the Trump administration, I'm not saying this to be anti-Trump or anything like that. I look at everything from a perspective of truth seeking, which means I'm very critical 
of, of uh, just about everybody and everyone uh, with respect to what's going on. And I do not buy into any kind of a, uh, um, an ideological approach or an ideological belief system. But the Trump administration lost control of this narrative. This narrative became controlled by the healthcare system, really Burks and Fauci. They, uh, and there's nothing particularly wrong with that as long as it's over, done over a very short period of time. What has happened is the, the healthcare system has now dominated the narrative. And anybody in the healthcare system knows that doctors' jobs is, are to, they're, they're, they have a singular focus, and that focus is in this particular situation, as it is in every other, is, is uh, we have a, a problem to fix, and we have to fix that problem. Everything external to that, in this case, we're talking about the jobs you and I have, the economy overall, virtually everything outside of it, is, it's not their job, so to speak, just not my job. But if that's not their job, it's somebody else's job. In this case, we're talking about it being the political establishment's job, and they lost control of that narrative. So as a result, we are not going to be able to go back into uh, the way things were, say, three or four months ago. What we're dealing with right now is the, the, the social distancing rules, the PPE rules, these things that people keep thinking are going to be temporary are not temporary. As a matter of fact, they are now the, the baseline minimum that will be accepted in the economy. So the idea that oh, I, I only have to get a face mask for a short, short period of time and this summer it'll all go, to, go away and I won't have to deal with this stuff. People need to start getting that out of their heads. This is going to be a permanent new normal and this is why things like UV and the rest of those terms, Mike, don't fit with this economy. We are going to uh, have to deal with, um, for example, restaurants are going to have to deal with, well, when we were in the middle of the, the pandemic, they told us six feet was the minimum. We had to stay away from each other. So within the restaurant, it has to be at least six feet now. And nothing shorter than that. And if, if they make it less than that, for example, they're going to face potential lawsuits which means their employees are going to sue them, their customers are going to sue them. And this might sound like a negative, especially dealing, coming back to what Josh was saying a minute ago about this being positive. This is reality. And if you can see it and realize that everybody else, virtually everywhere, politically, uh, within media, everybody's expecting these things to be temporary and that we are going to revert to some norm. This means that there's huge opportunity if you realize we are not reverting to the way things were three or four months ago. This is the new norm. This is the way we're going to have to deal with this. It's not going to be temporary, which means you now have, if you know that that's going to happen, you have the ability to start projecting into the future what you're going to be able to, the way you should be foc focusing your business. Uh, for example, I know that a lot of you have, have shifted towards the PPE uh, 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 line and going towards you know, various businesses, which we can get into in a minute, which ones I think are going to do the best or be, be the, mo the most open to that type of thing. But virtually everybody else dealing with this as though it's going to be temporary. So if you realize it's not going to be temporary, and it's not, with the exception of one thing Congress could do to make it temporary, which I'll deal with in a minute as well, which is, which is not likely, but we'll deal with it in a minute then you can start taking advantage just by going out to organizations, realizing they're probably not being contacted by other people because everybody else, again, thinks it's temporary. So they're not going to invest the time and interest into doing these things. Um, right now, if I were in, in your business and I was focusing on the PPE side of things, the places I would be going, for example, would be uh, gyms. This is an existential crisis for gyms they're facing right now. For example, the, the gym I'm a member of. I'm a member of Lifetime. We have a huge gym um, here in Maryland. You know, we have three swimming pools and, you know, all kinds of stuff. What everybody's worried about right now is that the gym is basically going to shut down. And I think this is the same for the entire health club industry uh, throughout the entire United States. So if they are to open and, and go into some new normal, they are most certainly going to have to be prepared to have their uh, entire staffs be up to speed on what it means to use PPE on a regular basis. And I mean, almost like a doctor, they're gonna be trained like a healthcare professional. This is the way it works, this is a part of a uniform, this is the way that, you know, these are our new uh, 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 you know, guidelines, this is the way this works, they're gonna to have to be able to train their customers, be using the gyms on a regular basis, how this is being done. And if you're in this business, if you're in the business, you're going to have to, or if you really wanna capitalize on this, 
you're going to have to learn these things yourself, which means rather than just saying, I have the PPE, you need to start learning the way the healthcare industry deals with PPE, what their, what their regulatory rules are and how they use them internally. And then tr go, go out to people who are not in the healthcare system and say, this is the way it works. This is, this is the way these things are going to have to be uh, used in the future. And, and again, not just for one season, this is going to be with us for at least more than likely a generation, with the exception of one thing Congress could do, which, I'll, again, I'll get to in a minute. Hey, Roger, a I got a question for you uh, real quick. Josh, can you, Josh, before you dive in, can you minimize the screen there, your screen share? Yeah, I will. I just was, it was, uh, whatchamacallit in, bopping Froze. a little in and out, so. Okay, there we go. Yeah. We good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Roger, this is interesting stuff to me. I mean, you know, from a, from a sales standpoint, and being in, in, a, in a really crowded space, right? Not just the people on this yeah. call. I, I, it's, we just have minimal barriers to entry in our industry. So it's a huge opportunity for us, not just to sell a new product line, but to be experts in that line mm -hmm. and be able to educate our customers, which is, it's, it, it's rarely the case. You know, we may have institutional knowledge we've built over with client relationships. So I may know if one buyer moves on and someone comes in and I can tell them about their business, but to tell them how to actually operate and sell products around that is a massive opportunity. And what I'm finding, and I don't know if other people are on the call are finding this, please chime in, is nobody knows. Nobody knows what the hell to do. And so even though we've only been in the business for four, six, eight weeks, the more we can get caught up to speed and talk to you know, experts like yourself, the more we can understand what the playing field is going to look like, the more we can drive the sale as opposed to just try to be an order taker. Like we, you can't be an order taker with PPE is what you're saying. We've got to, we've got to be experts in, in understanding how to, how to educate our customers and using the product for their market and their, their niche. Um, and that's the other thing I just wanted to say, you know, it's also a huge opportunity to target a specific type of buyer. And um, what I found in my own business is by targeting a niche market, it's, uh, it's just allowed me to be an expert and a resource to my clients. And then I get a lot of repeat business and referrals, which is the name of the game in, in our business. Um, so my, my question that I had for you, I'm just kind of curious is, do you think that the, the, the health club, the gym industry is going to survive? Well, <clears throat> but let me remember a second ago, I was saying there's something Congress could do if they wanted to get us back to some semblance of normality. And that one thing, and by the way, before I get into that, I haven't heard anybody mention this, but this is just logic. This is, the, you know, having been through these sorts of things before, I've never been through a pandemic like this, although we knew this was coming. This is a natural part of globalization. We, You're a futurist. Knew, You're a futurist. You're a magician. You know these things. Well, everybody knew this was going to happen. We did. We've, we've known it for years and years. It was a matter of when. And luckily, knock on wood, this one has been very light. And what, we, what we're hopeful for right now is that uh, as we get to the, the latter half of this and starts to wane, that, uh, rather than politicians and the healthcare industry, uh, the doctors, et cetera, uh, pharmaceutical industry, patting itself on the back and saying, wow, we really did a good job because they didn't. This has been completely screwed up by everybody we're hopeful that they look back at this and even if it's just done behind closed doors and say, look, we really screwed this up. We better get ourselves prepared for a real pandemic because this doesn't really count really as a pandemic. It's very, very small. Hopefully they'll realize it rather than just saying we did a good job and it wasn't as bad because we, we did a good job. But having said that, as we start moving into the economy starting to open up again, because of the way the narrative was lost and because of the fact that uh, the healthcare really the healthcare industry has now scared people to death along with the media. What's going to happen is that unless businesses across the board, unless all businesses maintain as a minimum standard, the social distancing guidelines, the use of PPE as the minimum standard, nothing else will happen. What I mean by that is if a restaurant, for example, were to try to reopen the way they were three months ago, they would almost inevitably uh, set themselves up for a lawsuit by employees, by customers, or whatever. What that means is, we, again, there is no return to something like this unless, and I'll get to this in a minute, it comes back to your questions whether the healthcare system or the, the gym community can, can survive this. 
is if Congress passes a law that makes it illegal for uh, people of any, any kind, employees, consumers, etc., to sue an organization for having con contracted uh, uh, coronavirus somehow. But hasn't There's that been, been no in the news? I mean, I've seen, I've seen articles of, biz, of big business asking Congress for, uh, to, min, to, to waive liability. I, thought, I swear I've seen it, something it need, like it that. Needs, no? it, it, it needs to happen. But so far, we're not there. And more than likely, first of all, laws are never proactive. They're always reactive, okay? Which means more than likely, in order for, for their support for this to really gain, you're going to have to go through the process of opening the economy, looking, waiting, which means all these minimum standards are going to have to be met by everybody, whether it's the gym industry, everybody, restaurants, everywhere, barbershops, you name it, and even business-to-business -business arrangements. You work in an office, offices that used to have desks right next to each other can't have desks right next to each other. And this is just an, an absolute massive uh, 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 and, and, and really uneconomic way of doing things. But unless there is a, a, a legal challenge to this, which means a series of lawsuits that get, gets put in place, Congress is more, almost certainly not going to proactively say, we're going to prevent lawsuits from happening. You follow me? So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's possible, but I don't think it's likely at all. I mean, there's too much to do. First of all, whenever a, 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 a Somebody in the government, especially an elected official, becomes proactive. They put themselves at risk of making a mistake. This is why governments are always reactive. They always, first of all, if you are reacting to something, you, you know, it's, it's somebody's crying for you, help me, help me, help me. You get to be the guy in the, you know, the shining steed coming in saying, oh, I'm here to save the day. Don't try to save the day until the day needs to be saved, even if you know the day is going to need to be saved. Which That's great. That's likely. some amazing leadership we've got going on in our country. I love it. The way it works. What, 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 what do you, where do you place the odds for Congress actually uh, passing a law like that? Listen, we've got to get through this next election, first of all. Congress isn't going to do anything before we get through this next election. The Democrats right now want to keep the economy closed. The Republicans are desperately trying to open it. It's got to be done on a state level. It can't be done at the, the national level. Again, this is the result of having lost control of the narrative. That's the Trump administration's fault. Uh, you know, so this, this really becomes a, a narrative fight between the two parties. And there isn't going to be any kind of uh, resolution to this thing that even begins until after this next election occurs. And then they, we'll wait to see what happens with that. If you're asking me between now and then, for example, one of the big questions I get asked about this is, is Trump going to win or, is, or are the Republicans going to win? at the executive level or are the Democrats going to win? Is it going to be Biden or maybe Biden gets thrown over for Warren or somebody like that because of the sexual assault thing is blown up on him? I don't know. But right now, if you're at right now, the, the wind is behind the back of the Democrats. If you notice what's happening right now, and I know this isn't quite exactly what you wanted to talk about, but I think it's important. The Democrats are pushing this new tr $3 trillion give everybody a stimulus package, give everybody $2,000 a month, that sort of thing. This is absolutely necessary. This is something that the Republicans should have jumped on, on the bandwagon with. In other words, the, the Democrats are looking at the stimulus measures from a bottom-up approach, which means getting it into the, the, the base-level consumer and, and letting the consumer de determine how money gets distributed into the economy. The Republicans, as is classically the Republicans' way of doing things, they're going top-down, which is let's bail out companies, let the companies take care of their employees, top trickle-down economics. In this kind of situation, trickle-down economics fundamentally can't work. It's not a matter of can it or it can't because the economy is closed right now. So you have to get money directly into the hands of, of uh, consumers. For whatever reason, the Trump administration has lost the the awareness of this. I think they are, are still operating under the assumption that the economy will open up again. Perhaps it will be done in stages, but that there will be a reversion to a normality. And, and they haven't, the reality that this is not going to happen hasn't hit them. For example, restaurants going to 25 or 50% occupancy or use of their space, that's going to crush commercial real estate. The jobs that they had, half of those jobs at minimum are gone. So this, this is a real drag on the economy. And everybody here, I mean, this is not meant to be negative. This is just reality, okay? Right. Which means 
everybody out there, if you're in your business, as Josh was saying a minute ago, you have to become an expert on something. I would definitely be focusing on the PPE space. Become an expert on it. Because you go into somebody and say, you want some PPE? They don't know what they want. They want somebody to keep them alive. That's what they want. Keep my business alive. Help me survive. Help me make my employees stay here. Get customers coming in the door. What type of PPE do I need? I don't even know what PPE was until three or four months ago. Right. You need to be the guy that says, this is what you need. This is why you need it. This is Work how out. you need it. We're going to start you on this plan. And, and they're going to love you for it. But yeah. you don't, the reason I th- I'm saying that's important is because, as I was saying a minute ago, everybody still thinks this is going to be a temporary situation. That this is going to go away in six months. So I don't want to invest the time in, in becoming an expert in something that's not going to be needed by the end of the summer or by the end of the year. And I'm telling you right now, that's not the case. This so is you a think that this, this new no- you think that this new normal you said is going to last, uh, did you say a generation? No, a decade? It, 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 could easily run at last a generation. Again, it comes back to whether or not right now, whether or not Congress is going to disallow uh, uh, these lawsuits. And and, and it requires this being done on a total basis in order for the insurance industry to feel confident, to keep insuring companies and things along those lines, unless that type of law passes. And again, I see no indication that that's going to happen anytime in the near future. This could be going on for years and years before something like that happens. Right. And the, the reason being, if, if, if employers are exposed to the liability, then that just shuts business down. That changes everything Absolutely. about how they're going to operate. So but Absolutely. if Congress passes that law, it could reopen and with less concern. I mean, one thing we noticed uh, yesterday, I think uh, Roger Twitter came out with an announcement that they are shifting to a 100 percent. Uh, home-based workforce. Only people yeah. who need to come in are people who have to be there, maybe to work, physically touch a, a server, a computer server, or what have you. 100% yeah. home-based, and it's a shift. Like, do you think, and obviously that, you mentioned the real estate market, which if I'm a promotional products distributor, and I've got, you know, I'm thinking about which industry to target, maybe, you know, commercial real estate would not be the best play. But like, uh, do you think that there's a shift uh, towards home-based workforces and, and how will that affect uh absolutely this segment. is a continuation this is what we're going through right now is that the pandemic has resulted in what's really an acceleration of a process that was already in place technology mm-hmm. displacing u.s labor okay mm-hmm. and it's not just u.s labor it's on a global basis technology is displacing human labor okay so this process has just been accelerated by this going on but you know it doesn't mean everybody's going to be working at home you look out there strip malls everybody out there is going to have to get up speed very quickly on this entire process of what do I need? And right now they haven't been doing A, again, they've been thinking it's temporary, and B, we've been shut down. What happens is they start opening up again and start realizing it's not going to be a reversion to normal or what we referred to as normal three, six months ago. We have to immediately, instantaneously get the speed on how we use PPE, where we get PPE from, uh, what PPE is, how to redesign the interior of our stores of any kind, hardware stores. I mean, everybody, everybody I mean, you, know, you can think of. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's interesting because for me, I like it from a, from a business standpoint, because I like to shake it up with the products and services that I'm selling. And I also like to learn about, you know, product use or whatever. But some of the stories that I've heard, and maybe, you know, we can kind of engage the audience a little bit, Mike, and I don't know if we've got any polls we want to, we want to pop up, but it's amazing. Some of the stories, Roger, that I'm hearing about what types of jobs people are handling, you know, Mm -hmm. yes, it's one thing to sell masks and gloves or whatever. Right. But it's another thing to design an entire floor plan of an office and set up barriers and install them and have, you know, hand sanitizer station signs and, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. It just, you know, People I know that it up as they go along right now, everybody's know, making it, it up as they go along. Every, I mean, our, our industry is making it up in the sense of like our supply chain seems to change almost daily. You know, the access to products, products are getting developed at like warp speed it's actually quite fun, I think. Yeah. And as we were describing a couple of weeks ago, it is like the wild, wild west. And so, you know, kind of shifting the conversation a second, I'm just curious, like, like let's paint a picture over the next, you know, one to three years and talk about, you know, yeah. Did I interrupt oh, you? sorry. No, go. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, let's pop up a poll now and then we can have Roger as Roger speaking. So we ask, we've got a question. What's your outlook? Yeah. 
for the business over the next three to five years. So go ahead, Josh. Now, like paint us a picture. Like, you know, people are, we're going to poll people about the, what is it, how does their outlook of the next three to five years as it relates to the promotional products, PPE business, let's call it. What's uh, paint us a rosy picture, Roger. Tell us all the good. Well, it's, in essence, that's what we were just talking about. This is going to be something that's necessary now, you know, essentially for the foreseeable future. Again, unless Congress disallows, uh, even, and, and quite frankly, even if Congress were to say, we're not going to allow any lawsuits to occur anywhere, that's not going to be enough to get everybody confident to say, oh, well, there can't be any lawsuits, so I'm not going to worry about any of this stuff. See, those are disconnected issues, really. In other words, restaurants are still going to have to put in place these, these systems. Gyms are going to have to do it. Barbershops are going to Costco is going to have to do it. Home Depot, Lowe's, I mean, you name it. Everywhere you go, are going to, they're going to have to have not only systems in place, but, but more importantly, and I should, is real systems, which means they have a, 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 a rules in place as to how we're going to implement this, what, what, what our rules are with respect to how we do this, just like they do with employee handbooks and everything else. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to be looking for turnkey systems. They want somebody to come in and say, listen, I'm already juggling all this stuff. Can somebody come in and take care of this? They want the guy that walks in and says, I can deal with it. I will deal and, with it. And tell me if I'm wrong. It wouldn't be the first time I'm told I'm wrong, but I'm curious, you know, like to me, I think it's, it is a bit of a race in the sense of the businesses that are opening up, the ones that do recognize they have a need for these types of products. It's an opportunity to get into almost a supply chain for a company where they're, if you can get in there and do a good job, which we can, then you get reorders and it's just, you become a part of their operating procedure of how they do business uh, versus like traditionally in our business, it's highly transactional and it changes order to order. So just curious what you yeah, think you're going to, there's a, there's a, there's a component to this we haven't discussed as yet, but it, it's kind of secondary, but it's something very important to be aware of. And that is that most of the PPE is coming from China right now. China is going through its own crisis and this has nothing to do with its fight with the United States. Um, Z, President Z is a very weak president in China. He's played up in the media as this super strong man. He's not, and he's not very well connected. And this is very important. And I'm, I'm just going to divert our conversation away from, you know, the meat of what we're talking about right now to give you a little, just a little blurb on China. China has what's known as a, a concept known as the mandate of heaven. The mandate of heaven in China is, is something in the West we don't really have, but there are little tribal, uh, uh, you can, and you can Google it and see what the mandate of heaven is about. I'm not going to really go into explanation about it, but it's very real. I've worked with the Chinese at the very highest level. And I mean the very tip top highest levels in China in the past. And this is how I learned about these things. And that is that there are tr tribes in China, several of them, and they vie. And this goes on for centuries. Okay. This isn't like, you know, what we, we're just not familiar with this in the West. China's, China's history is 6,000 years old. It's a fascinating thing to study, but these tribes vie for power. And the mandate of heaven says the leader who's in charge is the one who has um, the, the, the mandate from heaven, the mandate from God to rule. And if he screws up and he loses that mandate, somebody else will rise to meet that mandate. And it comes out of these tribes, these tribal rulers in, in China, and they come into power and they lose power. But when they lose power, the tribe still exists and it functions within the system there politically, it's a part of the political system. It operates in many ways uh, 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 in, a, in an extra legal type of capacity. It's fascinating to, to watch how this thing, these things work. But when you're seeing a situation like this, where Z is clearly in trouble now, um, you could say the presidency of, of China is now at play, in play, just like when a company gets put in play. Nothing gets resolved until something has been done with that company. It doesn't revert to norm. I will not be a bit surprised if Z loses power at some point in the near future, within the next 12 months or so in China. He's going to try not to, but as a result, I think you're going to start seeing the, the, the supply chain issue you were talking about of getting access to PPE is going to have to start migrating away from China, just as everybody else's supply chain is going to have to start migrating away from China. The other day I was in the grocery store and I don't go there often, but I saw these, these red potatoes. And they had right on the, there's a little thing over the top of it, a little plastic tab and taped to the tab. I'm sure it came from the manufacturer was 
a sign, a little sign about that long said product of the United States. I looked at it, thought we're going to start seeing a lot more of this. I think we're gonna it, start it, could, yeah. Can we it, shift and talk about that? Like what, what industries do you see benefiting from the shift to manufacture to good services being produced in the U S so again, going back to the benefit of the, of the audience, you know, these uh, promotional products distributors, right? Which industries do you think are going to take, be able to take advantage of, of this shift? With, uh, Everybody. Know? First of all, it's not just going back to the United States. It's really more importantly, not in China. Okay. Now, now having said that, this isn't going to be an immediate thing, Mike, you got to remember China and the United States have had a, a relationship now for about 30 years since Nixon began opening us up there. So it's really like a marriage. They're very closely intertwined and they want to now get divorced, but they're not telling each other they want to get divorced. It's just that the United States knows it wants to get divorced from China and China knows it wants to get divorced. And they each, you know, so what, just think of it like a man and a woman and in the traditional relationship, the man has all this money and he wants to get out of the relationship and the woman wants to get out too, but she starts to realize he's going to start hiding money. Right. And they start maneuvering around each other, find the money, etc. Right now, U.S. businessmen want to get out of China. China can't afford to let them leave because China will collapse. It's U.S. foreign dollars. Josh, you heard me talk about this before. That has propped up China for the past 30 years. It's our money that they leverage to grow. They're panicked about us leaving, but we have to at this point. There's a whole, I've lectured a lot on China, but I won't get into it in detail. The point is that it's not just that the supply chain has to migrate back to the United States. It just has to migrate out of China. It can go to Vietnam. It can go to Mexico. It can go to Canada. It just has to get out of China. So even though the red potato said product of the United States, it might as well say not a product of China. Okay. And it's interesting. It's interesting because some of our biggest suppliers, and I'm, I'm sure many of the people in the call know this, like Sanmar, as an example, they produce in, they produce out of China, I believe, but they also produce out of Honduras and lot and Vietnam and lots of different countries. Um, what I'd like to, what I'm seeing, or as a part of my pivot strategy, specifically around PPE right now, is the ability to get the product fast because because so much of it is coming out of China and there's a bottleneck of on the export side of things, and everybody's trying to get their hands on it, and the Chinese are whatever they're doing, let's just say to, you know, to delay, delay things, you know, I'm looking for domestic stock, USA made just, you know, just for several reasons. One is I need it fast. The customers are now needing it fast and, you know, to support American businesses. So I'm trying to personally on my own sales side, kind of stay ahead of the supply chain where I can, as it relates to, you know, in stock fast turn, um, because it seems to me like as the economies are now going to start to open up, people are going to need this product and they need it quick. And if they don't know where to get it or they have to wait eight or 12 weeks, they start to panic. And I, it seems to me like an opportunity. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Now, on, on top of that, there is still going to be this component. It hasn't played out as yet, it, but it, it potentially is going to, and I, I would be, I would think it's it, it can't not happen, and that is an a, an anti-Chinese sentiment that starts to get built into the U.S. economy, especially after we really start trying to operate again, trying to get ourselves back in order to get everything open again, that people will start saying, I'm not buying Chinese. I, I always said I was going to stop buying Chinese. Now I'm going to stop buying Chinese goods. Do you think that's a, a global reason, thing? It, well, it, yes. This is not China versus the United States. This has been going on for a long time. I think you've heard me talk about this before. It's China against the world. The anti-competitive, anti-free trade, uh, intellectual property grabbing, that it, it is endemic in the way China does things. It has been going on, This has been going on for centuries, by the way. Well, and it's crazy. I, Just to, one last comment. We'll, we'll, we'll shift the conversation away from the China uh, discussion, but I, whatever the percentage is, like... I'm going to probably overestimate at least 70% of the products that we sell in our industry Chinese. are made in China. Yeah. That's going to happen. So that we, our industry is going to pivot and you know, people that are on this call or watching the recording should be aware of that and start thinking about that as they're out there, you know, selling, offering their product, to their clients. So I'll put this to both of you, uh, to, to Josh and to Roger, but if you're, so again, you're, you're a sales rep, you're, you know, dealing with these products. 
and 70% of your products are coming from China and there's this pivot coming, what can or should you be doing, if anything, to position yourself to, to, to be ready for that and to, to take advantage of it? I, I, well, I can tell you this is where everybody has to determine how far into a business they're going to be willing to get, okay, and how much they want, want to invest in it. For example, everybody on this call, one of you, or perhaps you could form a consortium or a co-op of some sort, we get together, pull your money together, and start making your own, start your own PPE company, say in Mexico or in the United States, wherever you think. These are not difficult things to do, by the way, for anybody who's ever started this stuff. It's cookie Love cutter. It. It's not something you have to, it's, you know, call the Mexican embassy or whatever and say, I want to start a company in Mexico. They're going to love you, okay? <laughs> this is what I want to do. They'll say, great, we'll get you fixed up with whoever you need, and you start getting process going for entrepreneurs i deal a lot with entrepreneurs business owners you just go do it people always the people who say well how do you do that they're the people who you have to think about it but if you let that stop you immediately you're never going to get anything done you just do it entrepreneurs understand this you just just do it that's all that's what we do with this call we just (laughs) did it exactly (laughs) distributors. we just did it you just, well, as you were saying, your entire industry, or not your entire industry, but most of the people in this call pivoted in the blink of an eye at a PPE. That's the beginning of the process. Now, it's how much time do we, is this, again, as we were talking about at the beginning, is this a temporary phase? Is something going to jump on and grab a couple of dollars for three months, six months, 12 months? Well, I think, because- and I think the thing about it, Roger, that I like that what you're saying that is just reassuring is, you know, some of us, um, you know, some of us got our butts kicked and we're like a little bit deer in headlights and we're trying to wait for the things to go back to normal. Then there are some of us who have basically said, you know what, I'm done moping. I'm going to get up and, and pivot and, and go and hustle. But I think that regardless of where you're coming from, to know that, to see that this is the, the new normal and it's here to stay, it is an opportunity for us and it's an opportunity just to kind of be calculated and strategic and go about, you know, selling in a way that's effective. You know, so like Mike, you were asking the question, you know, like from a sales rep standpoint, I like, cause I'm a business junkie. You know, I really like, it's not the products that I'm selling as much as it is learning about the clients and the business that they run and how they run their business. So it, this gives me an opportunity to really dig into the client relationship and I'll just give you a quick example. Okay. So the industry is going to pivot, right? Our, our suppliers are pivoting. Um, our sales, you know, the us on the front line, we're pivoting to sell PPE. And if I want to go and push USA made products, like I'm going to start looking at the, you know, the mission statements of my bigger customers. I'm going to start looking at their core values and understand like, why, why are they in business? What's their reason for being and their purpose? And I'm going to tie in some of these supply chain needs with their, their mission and their values. And I'm going to try to speak their language to help show them that I know, you know, I've got half a brain and I'm more than just a, a pretty face. <laughs> well, this, this a, also, by the way, is not just about, again, it's not anti-Chinese. As I was saying with respect to Z, for example, it's, it's not impossible that this is going to result in the overthrow or his loss of power, a civil war or civil unrest in China where companies could shut down the supply chain coming out of China, regardless of what the government says, simply doesn't exist. Okay, so this is, this is just pragmatic reality. There's, this is, it is resulting now in uh, economic and almost certainly political unrest and civil unrest in China. This goes back to that mandate of heaven. The tribes are going to see he's weak. The tribes are going to start causing problems there. And the supply chain coming out of China, whether you're anti-Chinese or not, is irrelevant. It may very well Well, simply be hurt. Well, maybe, uh, you know, from the standpoint, again, of the the sales reps is that uh, there's an opportunity to promote any U.S.-based you know, product, U.S. manufactured products that you have. So, you know, seeing the, the made in the USA label, maybe there's a chance there is to, you know, promote, if something's made in the USA, emphasize that. Uh, I think that might be a, a good, you know, a good pitch, right? That's one aspect of it. Can I, so Roger, I want to circle back and ask, I'm going to put you on the spot here because it's one of the things we did in promoting this. So I said, you know, Roger's going to tell us, you know, winners and losers. But I, I, I asked this before, but can you prognosticate any in terms of which 
which industries, market segments, do you think might be best positioned over the next several years, right? You know, education, healthcare, financials, nonprofits, events, professional services, real estate, religious, construction. We've got people on the call who target many different industries. If you had to pick yeah, a handful well, you thought are going to be better off, which which in, we go? have an aging population in the United States. We've known about this for quite a while. You put an aging population, which is really ones at risk of, of this type of, of process. This is going to accelerate the opportunities available in the healthcare space. Uh, the entire healthcare industry is, you know, that's a rock solid place to be if you're going to be in business. I mean, whether you're a nurse or whatever, or you're servicing that industry, pharmaceutical sales, PPE sales, et cetera. And, and it's going to continue to grow as well as the, the uh, ancillary or associated types of businesses along with it. Um, um, you know, elderly care, uh, these types of facilities where people are dying right now. I mean, look at that. These people are all dying. They're going to have to, all these facilities have to immediately show that they have real systems in place on paper that shows how they're going about ensuring that uh, uh, they have access to PPE, how they use the PPE, all of these sorts of things. And that's not going to go away, again, because that industry has to continue to grow, again, because we have an aging population going on. Um, the rest of them, you know, I'm not so sh sure, quite frankly, because of what we were talking about with respect to um, uh, these new norms being put in place. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, one, one, well, the one public company who's going to benefit, which doesn't do much for your uh, uh, members, but you know, Amazon is going to just go through the roof on this as more and more people start trying to cocoon, order online, uh, are showing themselves fearful of getting into retail establishments again. Um, uh, and again, coming back to what I was talking about, not just gyms, but in your business, if you're selling PPE, first places to go to are the ones where human contact cannot be avoided. Barbershops, beauty salons, um, most of, almost any retail establishment that has a storefront that wants to maintain a storefront, not just restaurants, but anything, you're going to go to those owners, go to a strip mall. I'll tell you, so, you, know, you just, and, 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 and I'm not sure how everybody goes about doing their business, but this, this association we have with people right now, everybody tries to do business online. This is the time to be doing business in front of people. If you can get in front of people, that's where you're going to make your sale. So, so what I hear you say, Rogers, it's not so much about, uh, I'm glad I asked this question again, it's not so much about picking the winning industry. Uh, I mean, there's an element of that, but it's, it's really more about what you and Josh were both saying at the start of this call, which is about, it's how you approach the industries you're working with. They're all, they're going to be there, but it's a matter of, of, of how you approach and becoming an expert in that niche and understanding the dynamics that, and the pressures that they are under. And, and, and pivoting how your approach, how you are approaching that industry, right? Or your, your clients. That yes, absolutely. Okay. And that requires contact. Okay. They need to look you in the eyes. They, everybody out there, again, I know we talked about this. Hmm. Somebody take care of my problem. I got enough going on my plate. Now I got to add this PPE stuff. I don't have time to deal with this. They need somebody who's going to walk in and say, I got it. This and, is, and, I'm a real person. This is my business. This is what I do. And even if you've only been in it a month, you just do it. That's all. Just, I, I mean, love it. Just do it. And let me tell you something. This is it's, it's a huge – I keep reiterating this. Like, you know, we're able to get a seat at the table with people who would never give us the time of day. We've gone from being order takers to being experts to really help people with their safety and with, you know, and their survival in a way. And I think that um, it's a once-in-a-career opportunity because of that, to be able to have conversations as an expert as opposed to just being an order taker or selling a product. And I really want to make sure that people on the call recognize that. You know, the, the most effective way to sell, at least in my experience, is it's not about pushing products. It's about understanding the buyer and understanding their needs and plugging in products to those needs. PPE has gone from you know, we could see, even if we sell semi essential product like uniforms, like PPE is like way up now. So it's a big, it's a really big opportunity. Listen, I, I want to give you, you know, from my personal experience, again, this is almost 30 years ago, that goes back to the 1980s. I was financing hotels. I was brought on by an organization to head up their hotel financing organization. 
and they they said uh or the, the you know the part of it that financed hotels and the first thing they said to me was how what are you going to do the snl crisis had just occurred snls were collapsed nobody was financing anything and i said well the, the sba still has 7a and 504 loans which i won't get into what they how they work but they're con commercial real estate loans i said i'm going to start making those available to hotel owners i said how everybody's scared to death nobody's borrowing any money i said i'm going to open the yellow pages I did this right in front of them. I said, this is how you sell. Opened the yellow pages, and I started dialing numbers. Got somebody on the phone. I said, is the owner there? Not available right now. Tell him I got a check for him. You'd be amazed how many people you do. I said, I do. I have money to finance your next hotel or to refinance the one you have. Within 30 minutes, I had a deal. We had that deal closed in a month. I'm Roger, you want to get into the promotional product sales business? Listen, listen, I'm telling you right now, you ha selling requires human contact. It requires putting yourself out there. And a lot of people are not comfortable with it. But the more you do it, the more comfortable. Remember when we were all dating, when your kids, you know, oh, I was, I was scared to death of women, of girls. I'm serious, <laughs> scared to death. I, mean, I, I prefer, you know, just kill me now. I'm never going to, you know. But you eventually get used to it. The same with sales. And the better you get at it, it requires repetition. Go out, go out, go out, go out. And you just do it. But it in a situation like this where people are panicked, business owners are panicked, and people you're talking to are panicked. They're looking for somebody to tell them it's going to be okay. They're not getting online and saying, where can I get my cheapest PPE sent to me by Amazon? They don't know what to get. They don't know. They have no idea whether they're getting a good deal or what, what they have no. They need somebody to say, I got it. I know what you need. Even before you know what you need, this is what you need. I'll take care of it. Just give me the go. And you'd be surprised how many people are just going to say, fine, you got it. Next, I got that off my plate. Don't screw me. Make sure I'm taken care of. Yeah. And it, but you got to get out and make those contacts to make those things happen. And you'd be amazed also, once you get in with one, you got your special niche, you could also special niche into a particular industry. Like I was talking about gyms. They all know each other. Uh, hey, Roger. Roger. Uh, can I bring you back as a special guest lecturer when we talk, we talk about targeting niche markets in our small sure. uh, group coaching sessions? I've done several. <laughs> listen, wanna... listen the, key to, the key to success in, in, in a capitalist economic system is specialization. Pick one something and become better at it than anybody else. Oh. Right now, you have a huge opportunity here. I think you guys are doing a great job with the PPE space. And I would be absolutely going, I mean, just continue on in it. Again, as we talked about at the very top of the call, everybody thinks this is temporary. It is not temporary. This is going to be a long-term event. Roger, thank you. And, and I agree on the specialization. That's one of the things that we teach at Swag Coach with the people who join our training programs is the importance of taking a niche market uh, so that you've got an edge up over the competition. You're going to win more deals that way by far. Uh, I want to give you some feedback and, and ask a question. Um, we've got, uh, hang on, Josh. Just before, oh, come just, on. You got me all just excited. Just a second. Uh, hang on. Sorry. So, sorry. I want to uh, give you some feedback uh, from uh, April Den said, uh, every webinar has been great. Every show has been great. This one's by far the best. Thanks for giving it to us straight. Really good info. Uh, there you go, Roger. And Brooks Bowman, who is, uh, is in our small group coaching program, said, uh, as a history major and someone who did a study abroad in China, this is an absolutely fascinating conversation. I did not expect this today. So uh, good. Brooks, both Brooks and uh, Wanda Levy, who's on the call, they both are asking questions, or they both have uh, raised their hands here. Both of them, and I know others, are their promotional product space is largely, or business is largely event-driven. So they'll go to a big an event, a, a concert or whatever, you know, festival, right, as an example, and, and, and work on a booth or work on promotional products at, at these kinds of events. Any thoughts in terms of events? I mean, obviously, it's a big part of the culture and the economy. Any thoughts on where... Event space is going. Let's stay I, positive, I know, Roger. I know. I know. I, 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 I think that is going to be probably the longest. It's not just events, sporting events, you know, just not conferences and stuff. How those things are all going to get worked out. Um, that's really complicated stuff. I mean, how do you, for example, how do you sell PPE to say, you know, the Washington nationals or the what, you know, base professional baseball team or a minor league team or a soccer. I mean, it, it almost blows the mind how much it, it's going to be required of them to get those type, types of things open again. And you mean how, I big think a, how big those sales are going to be? Is that what you were thinking? But sales would be absolutely massive. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. They have, they have, they have huge things on their plate. You know, you, if you've ever, ever gone to a baseball game, for example, they have the towel day and 
there's going to be PPE, PPE days. It's probably going to be every time now they want to open up. They're going to have to have PPE available. And, you know, just at any rate, but how long it's going to take for that to come about, Mike, I wish I knew. That's the, that is one big component here that I'm watching for as well, because um, as nice as it is to be able to do Zoom calls and things like that, people still want to see you in person. There's a lot, for example, I do these uh, talks once in a while. I've talked for seven hours on stage without stop before, uh, as, as Josh has seen. And three hours is, is like the norm. Um, and you, as nice as things like Zoom calls are, you, you can't really get, get an interactive process going unless you're you know, in person. Right. And it, that comes back to the sales organization, or sales systems I was talking about too. But Mike, I don't know how long it's going to take. I think that's going to be one, like one of the last things that's going to have to occur. We're going to have to start right. getting just the simple things open, get the restaurants open, get the bar barber shops. Guys, I need a haircut, man. <laughs> Josh, I'm going to come back in wigs, or maybe I'm going to powder my hair. I don't know. We've got we've got four minutes, guys. So I'm going to throw up our poll and close out. And Josh, if you could, maybe if you want to talk about this, is just to ask it feedback from everyone here. But if you could give us some feedback while I mentioned that in terms of you know uh, what you thought. Josh, we're going to talk about the small group coaching. We've, we've launched this this week. We had a phenomenal first class. Can you just tell people, because we're getting a lot of questions about this, obviously, what, what is the small group coaching and who, who might be interested in that? Yep, yep. So we are um, – we started, like you said yesterday, Mike, with our first class. It was freaking awesome. Am I allowed to say freaking, by the way? That's this is – that's word, okay. It? It's not the Howard okay. Stern show, okay. but that's Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, just an awesome opportunity to, to start helping people scale their businesses, you know, taking a topic like sales planning, putting together a plan together, then sharing best practices, just kind of digging in to see what people are up against and creating this small little group of people being able to help one another and learn from one another. So, you know, the learning, the peer sharing, the accountability, it's, uh, it's really awesome. And, um, so we're doing these in classes. So we launched our first one uh, yesterday. Our next class is going to be the June 2nd. Uh, it caps out at five people per class. We'll do multiple classes if we need to. And uh, the topics, you know, kind of vary. And they vary between um, – sorry, I got my – Well, you've got your next slide up there, Josh, uh, if you want to pull that, or pull that up and go through yeah. some of the topics we've got here. Yeah, so. yeah. So you can kind of see in terms of some of the different workshops that we're going to be doing – um, from uh, sales and action planning to pricing strategies, communicating with your clients right now, especially with PPE, uh, how to sell company stores. That seems like a pretty big one, building residual income. So lots of great stuff to help you ultimately scale your business. It's, uh, it's actually why we're here, right? We want to help each other, distributors helping distributors. And, um, and uh, before I wrap, did you want to say anything, Mike? I just want to say that uh, I appreciate Roger being on it. Roger, you've shifted my thinking quite seriously. Uh, I, particularly with your, because of your outlook, your long-term outlook, uh, I've been of the mindset that this is temporary. It's all going to be back to normal, you know, in no time at all. Um, and, you know, and I hadn't considered it. And I hope that it is, but if it's not, uh, we need to be prepared, you know, from a business standpoint, we need to be prepared for that. Right. So well, prepare for the worst, it. hope for the best. And that's, you shifted my thinking. I, I appreciate what you said as well as your analysis on China. And that's a new perspective. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and for me, I, um, Roger, we've known each other a long time. It's great to see you again. I really appreciate your insight and your passion for world economics and everything that you do. Um, you know, the way you are kind of painting this picture is the reason I can't, haven't been able to sleep at night, you know, I think this is just a huge opportunity for massive, for, for it's massive our, Josh. Yeah. Once in a career opportunity. And so, you know, it's good to have the entrepreneurial gut confirmed by the expert. So I really, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and uh, you know, thank you for sharing what, you know, um, hopefully the people on the call enjoyed this. And then from Mike's standpoint, Mike, you're always rocking it, dude. You're awesome. This is just a fantastic show as well. And before we wrap I wanted to share an exciting surprise for those of you yes. who are big time fans of Holly Turner with, uh, formerly with the SBA. She will be coming back next week. Yes. Mark your calendars. She's back. 
And we're going to have her to talk about PPP 2.0 and the CARES Act. If you've gotten money, how to get, how to get me forgiven. If you haven't gotten money, is there more out there? And it's going to be a really fascinating uh, uh, show. So anyway, that's all I got, Mike. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Holly's coming back by literally by popular demand. We've gotten so much feedback and so many requests specifically to bring her back and continue that that discussion. I think people are, they might not realize how much at risk they are if they've got the PPE money, how they need to manage accounting for that and where they spend it. It's super important. So, uh, and where the opportunities are with that. So uh, awesome. anyway, so that's it. So Josh, take us home. We'll wrap. Okay, that's it. We're done. It's 101. We got to roll. We don't want to be disrespectful of people's times. <laughs> right. Mike, thanks. Roger, thanks again. Really appreciate thanks, it. Awesome. Thanks, Roger. Absolutely. All right. Be healthy, everybody. Stuff, Roger. Take See care. Bye-bye. Right. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week. All right, bye-bye.